Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1982 to take a look at one of Hollywood's most iconic sportsmen, it's Rocky Balboa. And that's right guys, I've picked one of the movies which is iconic, it's in the 80s. It's got Mr. T, it's got Hulk Hogan, it's got Carl Weathers, it's got everything. It's got the Eye of the Tiger, man. That's right, it's Rocky Free. So, let's jump into the ring, let's take a look at the trailer, and I will see you guys soon. Now when we fought, you had that Eye of the Tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? United Artists and Chartoff Winkler proudly present Rocky Free. The worst thing happened to you that could happen to any fighter. You got civilized. Get out of here, will you? The truth is, we both started out on the same corner, and I got lucky with my life, and it's driving you nuts. Philadelphia salutes its favorite son, Rocky Balboa. Hey, why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? This guy is a wrecking machine. You know, you've got a big mouth. Why don't you come out and close it, Balboa? Come on. I want to fight this guy. You'll find him without me. Get out Balboa was a fine champion, but his time has passed. See that look in their eyes, Rock? Gotta get that look back, Rock. Eye the tiger, come on. I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. I'm gonna torture him. I'm gonna crucify him real bad. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. Damn, Rock, come on! There's nothing wrong with being afraid. You thought I was tough? This jump will kill you. You wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. There is no tomorrow. You're really a loser. Well, I don't believe it. There is no tomorrow. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Rocky's greatest challenge, to save his honor, his marriage, and his manhood against his most devastating and dangerous opponent. I'll bust you on. Go for it. Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Carl Weathers, Burt Young, and introducing Mr. T. Rocky III, an American tradition. And welcome back guys. So the synopsis for this film is, after winning the ultimate title and being the world champion, Rocky falls into a hole and finds himself picked up by a former enemy. It's a PG with a 99 minute runtime and it's classed as a drama sports movie. It was written and directed by Sylvester Stallone and had a $17 million budget and it did really well back in 1982. It took something like $140 million worldwide, so it was a proper blockbuster back in the 80s. And the film's main theme, Eye of the Tiger, which is iconic, when you hear this song you just think of Rocky, was written by Survivor and that was a massive smash hit at the time. 
and it also got nominated for an Academy Award, which quite rightly so, because when you think of this song, you think of Rocky, and Survivor also went on to go and do the song for Rocky IV, which is Burning Heart, which again is another iconic song for the, for the franchise, and also another great movie, which um, which is a fan favourite, which I'll go on to in a minute. Um, and again, Rocky just kept on getting stronger. Um, I think Rocky IV took even more money at the box office, and I think it had a slightly bigger budget. But um, whilst we're talking about that, the reason why I'm doing Rocky III is because it's my personal favourite. And I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that it was the first Rocky movie that I'd seen. I was aware of Rocky, but I never actually saw one or two. Um, I saw this late at night, along with all the other films that I was watching back in the sort of early 90s. And... I think what it was is it's just it seemed iconic to me because it had Mr. T as a bad guy in it and I was immediately hooked to this point. So I thought, hey, it's B.A. Brackers in a movie fighting Rocky and I thought, how cool is that? And then you got Hulk Hogan in this film making an appearance and at that time he was big in the WWF. And then you got the Eye of the Tiger theme song which I just mentioned and Carl Weathers is in this film and he was in Predator at the time so all these characters that I could relate to I thought oh wow you know this is really cool it's a real amalgamation of all these kind of heroes in this one movie and then obviously you've got the Rocky story and I just really liked it I just thought this is really cool and it's, it's also a story about redemption as well and it kind of gave you a little bit of a backstory about Rocky and how he came to being Rocky Balboa and all his success so I can sort of compare it to the Mad Max 2 film. Uh, that's kind of how I see this one. So if someone said to me, oh, Jake, I've never seen a Rocky film, I'd say go and watch number three because it kind of gives you that sort of backstory and then it helps you catch up very quickly with the character. And that's kind of what I meant with um, Mad Max 2. I'm not saying that this is like Mad Max 2. I'm just saying that when you watch Mad Max 2, it... If you haven't seen any of the others, I kind of see that as kind of like a standalone film. This could almost be like a standalone film, I guess you could say. But that's not taking anything from the other ones, because I think, generally on the whole, in the Rocky franchise, I think that there is a film for everybody. I think all the films, probably from one to four, I didn't really get number five or the ones going on from that, but I think from one to four, there's a film for everybody. So you've got the very iconic first one which is set in the 70s um, and then you've got 3 and 4 which is set in the 80s and <laughs> if you're an 80s fan like me and you've got Clubber Lang and Dolph Lundgren as the bad guys and all that it's just it's 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 a real treat and it's a nice touch of 80s nostalgia as well so there you go that's my that's the reason why I like Rocky 3 the most um, but let's have a look at the cast so the co-stars in this movie is Tyler Shire as Adrian. I'm not even going to do it. <laughs> it's too obvious, guys. Uh, Bert Young as Paulie. Carl Weathers as Apollo Creed. And Burgess Mer Mer Meredith, he's iconic. I think he was doing the Clash of the Titans around about this time as well. As Mickey Goldmill. And Tony Burton as Duke. And then obviously you've got Mr. T as Clubber Lang. And Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips. So that's to name the cast, just some of the few there. So it's got a pretty solid cast in this movie. And I usually like to talk about the production of these films and how they got there, but this one didn't take much to get there, obviously, because of it was a third instalment. The first two had done really well. 
So it was supported by MGM Studios, which gave it a $17 million budget, and of course it did really well. So um, most of the preparation for this film, ironically, is actually Stallone getting in shape for the film. And he reckons that he got down to about 2.8% body fat, and he weighed about 155 pounds. And it's probably about the best shape that Stallone was in, and I think he was doing the Rambo films and all that at this time, and he's probably competing with Schwarzenegger and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, so a lot, lot of the preparation really was for um, Stallone um, getting in shape for this movie, but then he was, like I say, he was probably already in shape anyway. So um, the film didn't take that much to get rolling and whilst we're talking about stuff like 2.8% body fat and all that sort of stuff that's kind of sounded a little bit like trivia to me so let's talk about the film trivia and um, there's some good stuff on this um, so I'll start off with a bit of funnier, funny trivia here so the movie's premiere Mr T took his mum and when the scene comes on with uh, Clubber Lang throwing some lurid remarks towards Adrian Mr T's mum in real life Walked out of the cinema and said to him, I did not bring you up like that. So <laughs> I think I would have been... I think I'll pay money to see that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, this is Carl Weathers' favourite Rocky movie. And he said it's because uh, this film humanised his character. And I'd say that's pretty accurate, actually, because I think Carl's, Carl Weathers almost steals the show here. He puts on a great performance and he's a, he's a real leader. You know, he's a real sort of character and he helps Rocky along the way, which is great. It's a great spin on um, from the first two movies where they're competing against each other. So, so I think that's what really helps this movie along the way. And obviously a great building block for the next movie, number four. It makes you root for that character even more. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Sylvester Stallone actually based his character, Rocky Balboa, on his real-life experiences of being the overtop celebrity and some real life experiences there so he adopted that into the character to some of his own personal experiences there um this is the first time that uh, mr t comes out with the phrase i pity the fool a lot of us all think that's what he used in the a-team i'm not sure if he did or not but um apparently this is the first time that he used the phrase and hulk hogan um now, I do not have the best knowledge here of WWF trivia, but apparently he got fired after appearing in this film from the WWF um, for some reason. Um, I don't know why, but a couple of years later, um, when the film was successful and people saw him in this movie, he got hired back into the WWF and he became a big character, became an iconic character, and he teamed up with Mr. Team for the first Wrestlemania and they also um, cameoed in the A-Team or he did a cameo in the A-Team of Mr. T as well so so Rocky III kind of did Hulk Hogan some harm but then it kind of did him a favour because it kind of put him into the um, sort of frame really with WWF and helped him along the way so there you go it's uh, funny how things roll sometimes so there you go guys, there's uh, production of the car, some trivia, there's how Rocky Free became Rocky Free and how it got there and it's got its iconic status now. And there's one person that I've forgotten to mention here is the film composer Tom Conti. He composed all the music for the first two movies, he's done the iconic um, Rocky theme song. He also did the music to the Karate Kid, I never knew that looking at um, 
his IMBD, he also did uh, the music for The Spy Who Loved Me for James Bond. And then going back to the Karate Kids, I'm kind of moving in and out here, with The Survivor, The Eye of the Tiger. Now, Rocky III was originally going to have the best song at the end of um, The Karate Kid. I never knew that. I never knew that. I've never heard anybody talk about that. And I think that's a great bit of trivia. Could you imagine that in, in Rocky? You're the best around. I guess I could see that going with it. But um, Survivor got the top bill. And hell, Survivor could have done the music for um, the Karate Kid. You could have had the Eye of the Tiger song at the end of um, that iconic scene in the Karate Kid. So there you go. It's funny how things roll. That's the 80s for you guys. That's how... That's how mysterious and wonderful things are in the 80s and why we all love it with trivia like that. So, in another alternate universe, you never know. So, there you go. So, let's do a bite-sized review on Rocky III. So, the film starts off with that iconic theme by Bill Conte, the Rocky Bauer theme tune. And it's set in 1980 and then you get two gloves punching each other on the screen. And then it shows you over the years of Rocky Balboa winning several fights and he's in the limelight, he's gone to Hollywood and he's become an exhibition, he's, he's kind of doing charity work and um, he's in magazines, he's selling products, hell he's even on the Muppet Show and um, whilst Rocky's enjoying this celebrity lifestyle, there's another contender out there, it's uh, Clubber Lang, he's slowly rising through the ranks, he's hungry for it. And he's trained himself to be a strong contender against Rocky Balboa. And then whilst uh, Rocky is unveiling a statue of himself outside the Philadelphia Museum, Clubber Lang approaches him and challenges Rocky to a fight. And he says to Rocky that he's been accepting challenges from uh, the lesser opponents. And he said, come on, come and fight a real man. And this goes Rocky on and he accepts the fight. But this is much to Mickey's um, disappointment. He doesn't want him to go and fight him. And this is where Mickey tells Rocky that he's been accepting these lesser-known fighters for a reason. He says that um, he doesn't want you to go through what happened with Apollo Creed because these guys are going to kill you. He said they're younger, they're more powerful. And if you go back now, you're going to get beat. He said you're just better off living your life as a celebrity, promoting boxing, making some money. But after this conversation with Mickey, Rocky begins to realise that he hasn't really been properly defending his title and he accepts the match from Clubber Lang and convinces Mickey to work with him one more time to uh, train him up for the fight. But then Mickey says to him, look, if we're going to train you, we're just going to need to hit the gym like we did before. But then Rocky decides to go down the celebrity route for this training session. He goes to Las Vegas and he goes to all these attractive gyms and he's clearly not taking this fight seriously he's a little bit um sure of himself and mickey says you're not hungry for it you're not hungry for it you need to get that hunger for it you know so it kind of builds up to the point of this film and the thing that i've meant forgot to mention is a quite an important bit is hulk hogan so at the beginning of the film with all the celebrity stuff and um again it's it frustrates Mickey that he takes on this fight, or it's like a sort of charity fight with Thunderlips, which is Hulk Hogan, and he gets smashed up, and then Mickey's saying, you know, he's going to destroy you. So all this stuff is 
supporting what Mickey is saying to Rocky is saying that you're just not taking it seriously anymore. You know, you're not you're not like you was uh, three years ago when you took on Apollo Creed. So then Rocky and Lane both meet at Philadelphia's um, Spectrum and they have a brawl backstage and Mickey gets shoved out of the way and it causes him to suffer a heart attack. And Rocky says, I'm going to have to call off the match, but Mickey says, no, I want you to carry on, go and beat this guy. The match begins against Lang, and Rocky initially gives him a good pounding, but then with his conditioning and everything and his lack of preparation, Lang overpowers Rocky and beats him at the fight and takes him out of a solid left hook in the second round. After the match, poor old Mickey is on his deathbed and Rocky goes to visit him and he tells him that it was a knockout in the second round. But he doesn't tell him who won the fight and Mickey dies thinking that Rocky won. And then this uh, puts Rocky into like a severe bout of depression and he mourns um, Mick's death. Rocky goes to visit Mick's old gym and this is where he meets Apollo Creed and this is where Apollo says, you know, I watched that fight with Clubber Lang and I analysed it and he said, no, I can train you for a rematch and I can teach you more skills on your feet and get some dynamics and he said we're going to go back to some basic training and all Creed says look in exchange for me to train you for the fight just a future favour and he doesn't mention what this favour is he just says oh, just do me a favour once I train you up and at first Rocky can't get his momentum he's uh, too distracted by the death of Mickey and by the fight that he lost by Clubber Lang and this is where you get that iconic quote from Apollo Creed says you've got to get that eye of the tiger man you've got to be hungry for it eye of the tiger come on you can do it and after months of training and with the support of Rocky's wife Adrian Rocky slowly starts to develop his momentum he gets back into it he starts getting hungry for it there's a great scene where him and Apollo are running on the beach and you know when he's got his momentum because he beats um, Apollo at a race on a beach. It's a really good scene. You know, they're almost like becoming brothers and it's really good where they were competing against each other in the first two movies. Now that now Apollo's helping Rocky and it's really good. I really like that part of the movie. And then after months of uh, training, there's the rematch that takes place at Madison Square Gardens. And then this is where Apollo lends Rocky his American flag trunks for the fight, which is kind of like a honourable gesture, I suppose you could say. So Rocky dominates the first round with Lang, and then in the third and fourth round, he takes a knocking twice from Lang, and he gets knocked, knocked down to the floor, making it look like he has knocked him out, but then Rocky gets back up again, and this happens twice. And he's toying with Lang to make it look like, well, you can't really knock me out, I'm just going to get back up again. It's kind of like a mind over matter thing that he's playing with him. So with Lang all rattled and vulnerable and that, and Rocky outboxes him with a number of punches and eventually comes into a brutal knockout to reclaim the heavyweight championship. So after months of training and the help of Apollo Creed, Rocky retains his title. But before the film ends, there's that favour that Apollo Creed asks Rocky. And throughout the whole film, you're guessing what this is. And I always say a film is only sometimes as good as its ending. And this is great. For any fans of the first two movies, you've got these two iconic characters on screen. And they're having a rematch with closed doors. And he says, come on, Rocky, let's do it. Let's have a rematch. And then it ends with them fighting. And then it just like, then both punching each other with the gloves like it did at the beginning of the film and then it closes with that great song the eye of the tiger and that's it 
And ultimately, uh, Rocky and Apollo kind of become brothers, you know, they become best mates, which follows on for number four, which makes that film even better with this film as that kind of building block for that movie. So there you go, guys. That is uh, Rocky Free. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Go check it out. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'd certainly recommend it. I'd even say you could watch this one first if you haven't seen any other Rocky movies. So there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. So I'll be back soon, guys. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing for the next episode. I'm going to be doing Red Sonja from the mid-80s. I think it might be in about 1985 that it came out with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bridget Nielsen. So it's a fun, fancy, sword and sorcery type movie. So um, I'm looking forward to doing that one. So look out for that. That'll be dropping soon. And as always, guys, a little bit of admin for the show. I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So Go and check out all the other shows on there. I'll play a promo at the end of this. And you can also find the Bite Size Cinema on iTunes and YouTube and several other players on the internet. So uh, go check the show out. So there you go, guys. Um, keep it bite size, keep it safe, and I'll see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.